Hello beautiful beings and welcome back to another episode of the Expand Podcast with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today we're talking about one of the most exciting topics that I love talking about, which is 5D memory and the awakening. And so throughout the years of going through past life regressions and being on my own journey of awakening, I have discovered that the use of memory can really change and shift our entire lives. So I'd like to talk a little bit about my understanding of memory, and then I also want to go into my own personal um, story and experiences with memory, and then I'm going to tell all of you how you can actually overcome and be in complete control of memory within yourself. And I find that having complete control over your own memory uh, really can dictate and determine the way that your life unfolds. So the first thing that I want to talk about with regards to memory is that all of our attachments, reactions, and expectations typically come from memory. And the reason why I say this is because our memory creates something that we like to call our ego. Now, most of the time we hear about the ego being a really bad thing. Oh, that guy's got too much of an ego or, you know, they were stuck in their ego or it was an ego projection. And those are all very valid, but not a lot of people talk about the ego as being a really good thing. And so the way that I perceive the ego, especially in objectively being aware of my own and helping others through theirs, what I understand is that our ego is simply an autopilot programming. Especially when we go through a lot of trauma or pain or heartache in our life, our ego tends to step in and take control when we feel like we are spiraling out of control or when we feel like our emotions are getting the best of us. We basically put our walls up, we don't want to make any decisions, and we take a step back. And that's when our programming, our autopilot, steps in and says, you've done this before, you've made this choice before, therefore, you know, you're going to be safe in making that choice. And in taking that route, that safe route, um, our ego basically protects us or tries to protect us um, from going into directions that may not be safe, right? Say, for example, you are walking home from work and it's really dark and usually it's not that late when you walk home. So instantly in that moment, you have a choice to make. Do I go through the park or do I take the street? And in the past, you've always taken the street and you've always been safe. And also in the past, you've taken the shortcut through the park and yet there's, you know, maybe some sketchier, shady characters in the park, right? So instantly your ego, your autopilot programming is going to alert you and let you know that the safer route is on the street, right? Using the streetlights. So our ego is just a safety mechanism. It is not a bad thing by any means. But that being said, we don't always need to be safe. We don't always need to be protected. 
And when we don't think about things consciously in life, and we don't make those conscious and present decisions, then we allow that ego or that programming to rule our lives. Then all of a sudden, we are not making our own decisions, but we are allowing the past to dictate our present. So I just kind of want to define the ego in my own definition. Uh, feel free to take or leave this definition. This is just simply my own and I'm kind of just shooting it out there. I don't even have it written down. So I would define the ego as an accumulation of memories, thoughts, actions, and reactions of the past that make up who we are slash our perception in the present moment. And I truly believe that who we are as a human is the embodiment of what our perception is perceiving. So if I were to show you the color of teal, half of you are going to say that it looks green, and the other half of you are going to say that that color looks blue. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, there's no right or wrong, but there is a perception. And our perception is based on the past, and our perception creates our reality. It creates our ego. It creates our attachment to labels. It creates our projection. It creates essentially who we are. And we don't always have to be our perception. We don't always have to be our ego. And that's the whole point. Not only reprogramming and deprogramming our ego and our habit patterns, but also choosing when to listen to that programming, right? And sometimes the ego is important to step in and to let us know that something doesn't taste right, you know, because you've tasted it before, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole purpose of the ego. But that being said, the ego was designed, the ego, the pre-programming, the autopilot in our mind was designed for survival, and our ego, our programming, is actually designed around the fight-or-flight function of our brain. And some scientists even like to call this function the reptilian brain, that fight-or-flight mechanism. And so when we have traumas, emotions, triggers, heartbreaks that happen in life, more and more and more, we build our walls up, we design and create our ego, our perception, our programming, and a lot of the times our ego is designed and created around the fight or flight mechanism. So at every single moment, we are looking to defend ourselves. In every moment, we are looking to protect ourselves. In every moment, we are looking to blame others. In every moment, we are looking to prove ourselves. And it all comes down to that ego. So one of the biggest aspects of ego that I have observed is memory. If you really think about it, our current state of perception is based on our past actions and reactions to life. And that being said, our actions and reactions are based on things that happen. We only ever repeat decisions of the past based on memories of the experiences that we had in the past. Therefore, our memory is creating our present moment. Our memory is creating our perception. And a lot of the times, we remember the things that are 
the, the loudest that have happened, right? So I just want you to take a moment right now. Maybe you're driving home from work. Maybe you're at work. Maybe it's a weekend and you're just kind of walking around. That's great. I want you to take a moment right now. And I want you to think about your biggest memories of the past. Just take a minute. What can you remember the most? What comes up as clear as day for you? Just take a moment, move through all of the emotions, move through all of the memories. Okay, so what I want you to really think about is the context of those memories. What were the ones that came up the most and the most vivid? I guarantee you that the memories that came up for you are ones of either high, high elation, high joy, or they're ones of super, super dark times. Maybe it was your father passing away. Maybe it was the day that you got married. Maybe it was the birth of your first child, right? But most likely, the memories that came up for you in that moment were a very extreme of either the love or the fear, right? Life or death, really. It really comes down to that. So here's my story. Here's how I started to really perceive and understand memory. And then I'll tell you what to do with this. So um, it was years ago, maybe six or eight years ago. Time is kind of weird. And I was getting, you know, my third tattoo. And this tattoo was on the back of my neck. Now, of course, I always get tattoos based on downloads, which basically means when a huge revelation, when a huge piece of the universal puzzle comes to me, I love to kind of imprint it on my body. It's kind of weird, but I love to do it. Anyway, so I was getting this tattoo on the back of my neck, and I had a friend of mine come over and do the tattoo. So here I am, I'm laying in the middle of my kitchen on a bunch of pillows, and he's doing the back of my neck. Now, you would think that a neck tattoo would really be painful. And at that time, I had just come back from a retreat called Vipassana, and I was really practicing the understanding of equanimity, which basically means observing everything without reaction. It sounds simple, but it's pretty tough. So here I am, I'm getting this tattoo, and I'm trying to observe the sensation of the tattoo without reacting to the sensation at all. And by doing so, I started to get into a very deep state of meditation, a very deep state of trance. And I was actually so relaxed based on this objective observation of the sensation that I actually fell asleep. I passed out altogether. And it was nearing the end of that tattoo where my friend kind of shook me awake and says, hey, hey, are you okay? Like, did you pass out? Is it that painful? And, and I tell him, I'm like, oh, are we done yet? You know, I was just so relaxed. I ended up falling asleep. And he's like, whoa, you know, that's pretty wild. You know, it's very rare, I guess, that someone falls asleep on a tattoo table. So I fell asleep. And then afterwards, I was sitting on the couch and we were all just kind of chatting. And he didn't cover the tattoo yet. We were just kind of waiting for it to air out. And I go up and I stretch and I actually rub my hand on the back of my neck. And so here I am, you know, touching my open wound, my tattoo on the back of my neck. And I'm like, whoa, that was weird. 
you know, why would I touch this thing that just happened to me? And then we kind of carry on, you know, go through the conversation. A couple minutes later, boom, I end up touching the back of my neck again. And I'm thinking to myself, this is so weird. And the reason why it was so bizarre for me to do that is, um, is because of this simple fact of, remember when you were a kid and you would scrape your knee and that was all you could think about? Not just in that moment, but the whole day. It's like, ah, the burning sensation. And remember, you know, maybe it wasn't even just that whole day, but it was the whole week that you thought about that injury on your knee, right? So for me to not focus on it and not only just not focus on it but not remember that it even happened now I'll let you know that I mean I went through at least half of that tattoo completely awake and just in that state of observation and then the other half I was asleep right so it's not like I just fell asleep and forgot that it happened so here's where the huge download of memory came to mind when we are in a state of of observation it means that we are not reacting to situations around us. When we are in a state of not reacting, we actually don't create a memory of that thing in the third dimension. Before we move on, I want to talk about and define third dimension memory. It's super simple, super easy. I define the third dimension as this physical reality, right? So everything that we can touch, see, smell, hear, whatever, this is all you know, contained within the third dimension. And there's two main aspects of the third dimension that we all need to just be aware of. Time and space. Space being the physical atomic structure of the world around us. And then of course, time being that ticking thing on the clock, right? So within the third dimension, we are limited by both time and space. Okay, so what is third dimension memory? Third dimension memory is memory that is created and stored in our brain. And the only reason why it's third dimensional is because it is stored by a physical component. It's kind of like thinking of an external hard drive being our brain. So third dimension memory is memory, situations, actions, reactions that happen to us that are stored in the cortexes of our physical brain. Okay, cool. Once again, there is a huge correlation that I have discovered, and I'm sure many other you know, scientists and whoever else have discovered this as well, but I don't do external research. So I've discovered that memory, 3D memory, physical memory is created by reaction. When we do not react to something, either physically or emotional, emotionally, we do not create a memory around it. So once again, why is this relevant? It's relevant because our memory dictates all of the things that we really don't want to be thinking about. All of the questioning, the self-doubt, the limitations, the beliefs, the holding ourselves back. It's created by fear that has been derived from memory of situations that have happened in the past. We can override this by stepping into something called 5D memory, fifth dimensional memory. This is really cool. So now what is my definition of 5D memory? And just, you know, to put out there, I don't know of anyone who has ever mentioned or ever talked about anything called 5D memory. Maybe they don't call it that, but, you know, once again, I don't do any external research. Everything that I know, I channel. Take it or leave it. It doesn't have to be your truth, but this is just through my experience. My definition of 5D memory is memory that is stored in the cloud. 
right? Actually, this has been talked about and it's been talked about for for generations. Uh, in very ancient times, this was talked about and it was called the Akashic Records. So some of you may know what this is, some of you may not, and that's okay. So the Akashic Records are basically all of the let's call them memories, experiences, stored in our soul's vibration. So everything that has happened to us in the past, including past incarnations, past lifetimes, as well as anything and everything that has and will happen to us in the future, are all stored in something called the Akashic Record. I like to call it 5D memory. Um, it, it just resonates more with me. So I call this 5D memory cloud memory storage. So if you could imagine a huge cloud above you of all energy, and this energy is all of your experiences in this lifetime as well. So the beautiful thing about 5D memory and cloud storage is that you don't need to think about things in a linear way to know the answer to something in the moment. Let me bring it tangible, let me bring it down, and let me just give you a pretty good example when I used to explain this. So this happens to everyone. You're just about to leave for a meeting or for work or for a lunch, and you're leaving your house and your keys are nowhere to be found. You have no idea where your car keys are. And in that moment, you have a choice to make. Do you want to utilize 3D memory? Okay, which is old, traditional, you know, linear memory um, stored in the brain? Or do you want to choose to use 5D memory? I'm going to give you a tangible application to this. In that moment, we all typically go right for 3D memory, which means that in that moment, you're tracing your steps back. It's very linear. Backtrack. Where was I? I was here and then I was here. Where did I have my keys last? I think it was there, but then I might have placed them there. Right? It's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of like headaches. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of pushing yourself. Right? It just doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel free. That's 3D memory. And then maybe eventually, probably eventually, you'll end up finding your keys. It'll just take a little longer. 5D memory is something different altogether. Now, in that moment, instead of freaking out and allowing your ego to project this feeling of uncertainty. In that moment, have confidence in yourself and say, I'm the last one who touched my keys. I know exactly where they are. And all I have to do is tap into the cloud. So instead of freaking out or projecting a reaction to the situation, right? Because it's within the reaction where we create a memory, but it's definitely difficult to go back into memory when we're in the state of reaction. So in that moment, if you want to use 5D memory, it means clearing your mind, getting to a place of absolute clarity, no reaction, no attachment, no expectation, just a clear mind. And then you also have to have the trust and the confidence in yourself as well. You can do it. Awesome. So in that moment, just say, I know where my keys are. So where are they? Close your eyes, quiet your mind. Allow the image to pop into your mind. Maybe it's not an image. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a knowing. You know, a lot of the times it's just a sense of knowing. It's going to take a little while at first, right? This is basically channeling everyone. I mean, you can literally channel. This is tapping into your psychic abilities. Everyone can do this. Quiet your mind. Focus on the intention. What do you want? You want your keys. Where are they? You know where they are. Allow the image to pop in. It may take a minute. 
For some of you who are difficult in trusting yourself, it may take five minutes. The more and more you do this practice, the easier and faster and faster those memories are going to be popping into your mind. There is no thinking involved. It's actually the opposite. You are not using your logical brain. You're not using your physical brain. You are using the 5D memory. Why store anything in your brain when you can just get it from the cloud? I promise that not only using this technique is going to allow you to have more confidence, more trust in yourself, but it's also going to allow you to utilize your intuition more often, and it's going to allow you to pull a lot of crazy information into the present moment when you need it the most, not when you're pushing for it. As we raise our vibration, we are all shifting. And as we are shifting into this new vibration, there are a lot of aspects of society and of our own internal personal dynamics that are no longer serving us. They're no longer exciting us. They're no longer really even working for us. So it's time to step up, raise your vibration, and understand that there's a different way that you can go about thinking and doing just about anything. I hope that next time you lose something in your life, you will stop in the present moment and you will trust yourself enough to receive the information that you need in that moment. I'm sending you all so much love and good vibes. I encourage all of you to hop over to my YouTube channel, check out my other videos and content, head over to my website. It's time to understand who you are and what you're capable of.